You are listening to The Political Periscope, a weekly podcast brought to you by Radio WNET. Interviews on international politics, security, geopolitics, economy and more, every Thursday at 7 p.m. Today's interview is part of Radio WNET's project on the Bucharest 9, the countries of NATO's eastern flank. Our guest is Egils Levitz, president of Latvia. Political Periscope. Iglis Levitz, president of Labdien, president Kungs. Labdien. <laughs> A difficult moment for the world, Mr. President. Yeah, that's your growth breed is. Yes, it is a difficult moment for Europe, for the world, for Latvia, for Poland and for Ukraine. The international situation has changed. We all have to adapt to the new situation and react accordingly in order to ensure international rule of law and peace in Europe. Do you see a good solution? Is there a victory for Ukraine in the war with Russia somewhere on the horizon? Russia intended to occupy Ukraine or at least its capital in a few days and win in a kind of instant war, a blitzkrieg. This plan failed for two reasons. Firstly, the Ukrainian nation is able, willing and motivated to resist this illegal aggression. Secondly, the fact that the Russian military is all-powerful has proven to be a myth. The Ukrainians have successfully debunked this myth. I am confident that with the military help of the West, Ukraine will win this defensive war. What else can the West do for Ukraine to make this war victorious? The first and most important is to provide Ukraine with the necessary weapons. Now the US and many European countries are supplying weapons to Ukraine, and Ukraine's achievements are obvious. Poland and Latvia are among the countries that provide the most support to Ukraine. Politically, it is important that Ukraine can follow the European path and become an EU member state. Do you think that there will be a consensus of the whole European Union for this? I think there are discussions going on right now. Many EU countries think that Ukraine should become an EU member state at some point in time. The question is not whether Ukraine could become an EU state at all. There is unity on this issue. Everyone thinks yes. The question is when. When? That I cannot say. In June, there will be a European Commission opinion on this issue, how ready Ukraine is. Then it will be decided by the European Council.
And Latvia and you, Mr. President, think that when should this happen? The Polish President Andrzej Duda, a whole range of leaders of EU countries, and I think that Ukraine should be granted candidate state status as soon as possible. There is another very important discussion about NATO's enlargement. Sweden and Finland have already officially applied to join NATO. It is well known that Turkey opposes. Could this opposition from Turkey be effective? Could it be the case that NATO will not be expanded by including Sweden and Finland? I think not. There are talks going on between Sweden and Finland on the one hand and Turkey on the other hand to remove these Turkish objections. I am confident that there will be a response to these objections from Turkey and all NATO member states will be unanimously in favor of expanding NATO to include Sweden and Finland. How much will it cost NATO for Turkey to say yes to this? I think all NATO countries, including Turkey, are interested in strengthening NATO. This is about bilateral issues between Turkey and the two candidate countries. I am absolutely confident that these issues will be resolved. Since this is a very important moment for the Baltic states, have you had an opportunity or will you have an opportunity to discuss this with the Turkish president? Not yet, because this issue only became relevant a few days ago. Recently, there was an informal meeting of the foreign ministers of the NATO countries, where they also talked to the foreign minister of Turkey. This issue is currently being resolved. There will be a summit of leaders of NATO countries on June 30th, and I am sure that this issue will be resolved by then. At this NATO summit, another important issue will be decided, the presence of NATO troops on NATO's eastern flank. Is there a common policy here between Poland, Latvia, Lithuania, Estonia and the whole Bucharest 9? Estonia i cała Bukaresztańska dziewiątka. Ja. Ja, pa to ari runas Yes, this issue will also be addressed, actually our willingness, that is the willingness of all the countries of the eastern flank of NATO, the so-called Bucharest 9, the willingness to strengthen the NATO presence on our territory in order to give Moscow a strong signal that we are ready to defend our territory, which means that any potential attack by Russia is automatically doomed to fail. Therefore, it is necessary to strengthen the eastern flank. But, Mr. President, be precise. What troops, what NATO forces should be deployed in the Baltic states, in Poland, in Romania? Currently, the decision has already been made to create four new battle groups. So far, we have had four. Estonia, Latvia, Lithuania and Poland. Four new ones will be added. Slovakia, Romania, Bulgaria and Hungary. This is already a reinforcement. But this is enough to make us feel safe and not threatened by a Russian invasion? 
Es domāju, tas jau ir ļoti nopietns pastiprinājums, bet mēs vēlamies... It is quite a serious reinforcement. We also want additional reinforcement in the Baltic area and in some time to achieve a larger permanent presence of NATO forces here. We'll also talk about this at the Madrid summit. We came to Riga from Tallinn. There, on February 24th, there was a sense of fear about whether Russian troops would by chance cross the Estonian-Russian border. Was that the same sort of fear in Riga, Latvia? It is a theoretical fear, if you will, because NATO is the strongest defense alliance in the world. Any attempt to attack one member state means an attack on NATO as a whole. I would like to point out that NATO's military is several times stronger than Russia's. However, strengthening NATO's presence here is important because it is an additional signal for Moscow that any attempt to attack the Baltic states or Poland is 100% doomed to fail. It is a measure to ensure calm in our territory and Russia will not dare to attack. But Putin and the Russians use a variety of instruments. They can use, for example, the Russian minority which lives in Latvia. They can do a hybrid war. There are various levels of war when it comes to Russia. What is the threat from Russia here, from the Russian minority? Russia uses the method of hybrid war all the time. The Russian propaganda is working. It is possible that it works in Russia. Many people in Russia support this aggressive policy of Putin. However, this propaganda is so ridiculous and far from re- reality that it works a lot less outside of Russia, for example in the Baltic states, in Poland or in Germany, because we have different information about what is happening in Ukraine and what Russia is doing. So the possibilities for propaganda to influence the Baltic states or Poland are limited, but they exist, so we have to be ready to resist it. We have shut down a whole range of Russian propaganda channels. Here's a picture of you, Mr. President, from your visit to Kiev. But since we are also talking about President Putin, I would like to refer to your legal experience. Has Putin already deserved to stand before the International Criminal Court in Hague? And in your opinion, such a special tribunal to judge Russian crimes and Putin's crimes in Ukraine should be created? Yes, Russia has committed war crimes in Ukraine, regarding which two proceedings have already been initiated into courts. One is the International Criminal Court in Hague, where an investigation of war crimes in Ukraine is already underway. And the other is the International Court, also in Hague, where Ukraine has sued Russia. Latvia has joined Ukraine's suit as a third party. 
Currently, there is a discussion about the possibility of creating a special tribunal for Russia's crimes in Ukraine, similar to the special tribunal for Yugoslavia. And before such a specially appointed tribunal, if the war is won, should President Putin stand? Has he already deserved the court and punishment? I support this idea, because these two tribunals mentioned above cannot examine the issue of unleashing an aggressive war. They only adjudicate war crimes during a war already started. First of all, I think the creation of such a tribunal would be the right thing to do. I support it, as do many other politicians. The main task of such courts is to uphold international legal standards, regardless if a particular person may or may not be in the dock. Of course, the relevant officials should be punished if possible, but the most important thing is to maintain legal standards. If the standard is not maintained, the world would be in a situation of militarized anarchy, where any country can attack another country, which would mean the end of the UN order. We were in Tallinn. There was an important conference there. Latvian Vice Prime Minister said that Latvia has completely lost trust in Germany. Is that a view with which you agree? I think it is important to consider what our government representative said in context. In principle, Germany also supports the general position of the EU and also gives its contribution to the supply of arms to Ukraine. In turn, President Alarkaris said that Europe needs a leader. Does the president also think that Europe now needs a leader and who should that leader be? I think Europe needs several leaders. I see that there are a number of leaders of countries who could perform or are performing this function. One of them is Polish President Andrzej Duda. Just to finish, Mr. President, a question about the Victory Monument. Here it is a symbol of certain relations between Latvia and Russia. Should this monument in Riga be demolished? The monument has always been a symbol of Soviet occupation and has always been a sore spot for Latvians. However, after February 24th, the monument became at the same time a symbol of Russia's aggression against Ukraine. Therefore, our society decided that the monument cannot stay there. Will this war end the Russian imperialism? Are you an optimist, Mr. President? I am optimistic because Ukraine is motivated to fight for its freedom. This motivation gives Ukraine a special power. Besides, this war has united the whole democratic world.
Russia did not expect this unity. It means that the whole democratic world, Europe, are on the side of Ukraine. That is why I am an optimist. This was the Political Periscope. The podcast is released every Thursday at 7 p.m.